0: Okay, welcome to Reactive. I'm Khalil, and I'm here with Henning. Hello! Hello! Long time no chat, my goodness. Yes. Uh, Unfortunately, we have no Rockbot with us today. She is busy. So, um, we, uh, in uh, long-held tradition, we're going to talk about an animal from where the missing person is currently at, which would be California. So, so we're talking about the grizzly bear, uh, uh, the Californian grizzly bear, which is actually also on their like flag or whatever, they, what they have. So first fact, diet. Grizzly bears are omnivores and their diet can, va- can vary widely. They may eat seeds, berries, roots, grasses, fungi, deer, elk, fish, dead animals
1: and insects. Insects? That's crazy. How in the world do they eat seeds? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I, guess, I guess they could just lick them off the ground or something. <laughs> I mean, when they eat fruit, they, they can also yeah, just I, eat the seeds. True.
0: Yeah. Um, in the late summer and early fall, grizzlies enter hyperphagia, a period of two to four months when they intensify their calorie intake to put on weight for winter denning. During this time, During this time period, they can gain more than three pounds a day. I can oh. do that easily. Also. <laughs> if <laughs> oh, I want to, that right? sounds painful. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to know. eat the right things, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: should we have another one? Sure. Do you have any? Did you look anything more. up? I I don't have any. I'm sorry. Okay. No look. no problem. So I just seen I've seen a grizzly bear in the wild, but that was in Canada. Um, oh wow. You're cool. crazy. Yeah. Did you wrestle? No, I was at a safe distance. Luckily, <laughs> <laughs> that's boring. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not.
0: <laughs> oh, crazy! Yeah, never. I only saw them on TV so far. Um, so here's a here's a did you know fact uh, in a little gray box. It says, "Did you know uh, grizzly bears have better sense of smell than a hound dog and can detect food from miles away." Ah, okay. So imagine that
1: hiding food doesn't do you any good. You're screwed.
0: Uh, exactly. i will find it. But imagine you had that kind of sense of smell. Would you be like if if you would be be driven by this by by uh, you know the smell of food as a human and you would smell food food from miles away? You wouldn't be able to walk anywhere because yeah, there's
1: <laughs> food everywhere.
0: <laughs>
1: oh man, that would not be nice. I think
0: okay let's let's have a last uh, fact this is also a fun did you know fact in a gray box grizzly bears use rub trees these are trees where they scratch their backs leaving scent and hair biologists can use these trees to collect dna from many bears living in the area oh that wasn't that exciting but hey cool i really love i really love that uh californian flag by
1: the way i think that's really cool I yeah, you have to you have to show a link to that because I don't know what it looks like.
0: Ah, uh, it's just like there's a bear on it, and then it's I think there's a star, and it's green and red and the bear. It's really cool. I have I even have a hoodie with uh, with the bear on.
1: <clears throat> nice,
0: California flag. Very nice.
1: All right. So what have you been up to? Ha ha.
0: ha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so I got a very cute uh, little baby girl and uh, she's doing well and uh it's yeah, changing our lives over here obviously and but it's great. It's absolutely yeah. it's it's just uh, a lot of love <laughs> and uh a lot of yeah. A lot of things to do and a lot one, of attention one under, to be given. Yeah, and, uh, yeah yes.
1: yes. Well, that's that's fantastic. Congratulations again, Thank and you, uh, you mm-hmm. will be much busier now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's how it is, I guess. Mm-hmm. When you get a so, you body. said
1: you're back at you're back at work already.
0: Or um. Me, yes. Right. Yeah, I had a month off, and mm-hmm. I'm back at work since Monday.
1: So, nice. Yeah. Good deal. Yeah, I mean a month off that's unheard of here, of course, but uh yeah, I know. that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Very that's nice.
0: really great. And I have another month off when she's a year old. Because you have as a as the dad, you have two months. Um mm. and you you can you can kind of have them where you want. Like you don't have to ah. have it right at the beginning. You can place them wherever you want, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: That's excellent.
0: Uh, it's it's really cool. I mean, that was really good to have this month off, and then after a year, of course, then um, you know, um, they they are at a point where everything outside of eating and the mom is also interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's a good t- uh, time to to take another month off.
1: Yeah, well, that that might come a little sooner, but then a year. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> depending on the baby. Yeah. 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 If you have a little explorer, you'll be
0: well, she's very attentive yeah. and stuff. Like she's already checking out our faces all the time. And yeah. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, that's Exciting really cool. times. That's fantastic.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, hopefully Raquel's gonna be back next uh next week. Definitely miss mm-hmm. you, Raquel. <laughs>
1: anyway, um we'll try to get back on track with Week the weekly trio. <laughs> yeah, hope,
0: hopefully that that'll happen uh, again uh, soon. Yep. That we get into this uh, weekly rhythm would be cool. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, good. So, uh, so what are we going to talk about today? Do you what's 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 happening in
1: well, um,
0: ending's life?
1: I have something. Um, so. Raquel has announced, I think a few weeks ago, that she's over Pokemon and I just had something funny. I noticed something funny and, and a coworker of mine told me. It's like I play it occasionally, mostly when I when I go walking with my daughter in the in the baby carriage here around the neighborhood. Okay. Anyway, so I guess Pokemon is trying to trying to stay relevant and interesting so they they started this Halloween thing, um, which started, I guess, at midnight around midnight today, mm-hmm. um, and it's going to go—I don't know—November first or second or something like that. But basically, they have all the ghost Pokémons popping up in much higher, uh, or you know, spawning in in higher rates than usual. So I have ghosts all over my house, um, Okay. which is kind of funny. And yeah, Pokémon,
0: Pokémon Go, Pokémon ghosts in your house. Exactly. you can catch in your house?
1: Oh, okay. Yes. Like, there's not much going on around my house normally, but all of a sudden, there are ghosts everywhere. (laughs) 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 So you can catch those, and every other Pokemon you catch, you get, like, double double the amount of candy. And, um, yeah, so that's because they're trying to sort of entice people back to the game or Mm -hmm. keep them interested. So Mm -hmm. Um, it was kind of funny to see that. You drive around, and you see in the different locations – um that there's yeah ghosts everywhere so that was the one thing and then the other thing um the reason i'm so poorly prepared is uh things at work are really really crazy and um so first off i was officially made team lead yesterday and um what uh congratulations thank you thank you (laughs) (laughs) wow that's a that's a quick rise to the top here nice yeah 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 so um yeah, this has been um, very, very interesting for me. It's um, so. What does that entail to be team lead? So I don't exactly know yet. Um, this company is is growing so fast, mm-hmm. and they're um, in in certain things. They're kind of all over the place still. Mm-hmm. But um, from what I can glean um, right now, it, it means. Um, you know, trying to keep the team on track, not not any kind of I guess what you would call managerial um, authority or anything like that, so no no hiring and uh, salary stuff at this point, but I, I don't know, we'll see. Um, so I have a a team of two, basically, or um, yeah, it's basically me and two other guys yeah. so and it's supposed to grow. Drastically by the end of next year, we shall see mm-hmm. how that goes. But we're basically going from a total of seven to 21 by the end of next year. So, wow. um, yeah, Easy. I know that's, that's size of teams is all relative, but that's pretty much the biggest I've I would have been part of so far, Beg- especially working mostly alone. This is a huge change. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I had a team of six or seven, but I was very junior. That was uh, like ten years ago, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. So what we're doing and what I'm trying to trying to get going is I've I've mentioned this a few times. This whole JSON API thing. So this is yeah. this is really real for now, uh, for real. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what it what it basically entails is we are we are building this backend system that has um, various layers uh, that me and these two other guys are working on, and we have an iOS front end. So, I guess, you know, if we uh, count the front end person, we're actually four, four -hmm. people working on this. So, trying to keep that on track has been a new experience for me Mm -hmm. um, because I've usually done API stuff from, you know, beginning to end myself. Mm -hmm. And that works a little different. It's all serial, obviously. And now things are happening in parallel. And trying to keep that organized is is interesting. So what, I've, what I started doing is um, there's this uh, API um, specification language, which is called Swagger, and I think I've mentioned this before. And mm-hmm. it's actually evolved quite a bit over the last uh, few years. When I used it last, it was in version one something. And I, I purely used it at that point. I think it was only available as a an API documentation system. So mm-hmm. you had an API and you could write either write code that would generate Swagger-compliant documentation, which would then be consumed by so a, a nice little um, JavaScript front end and would display things really nicely and give you um, sort of test clients to play around with in the browser and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but now they've sort of caught up or moved ahead. I'm not really sure where they stand in, in in relation to something like um, a API blueprint, which I think is is um, I guess a competitor. Mm-hmm. But what they have now also is not just going from your API to the documentation, but you have a essentially a specification document that either can be rendered into um, a documentation or you can generate code from it, and they have actually. A whole bunch of different generators for all sorts of languages. So if you write a API specification either in in YAML or in JSON or you write it in YAML and then translate it to JSON, you can use certain out-of-the-box tools that they provide to build clients or SDKs or even servers from that. Mm -hmm. Um, At least the scaffolding for it. We're not doing any of that. We're just using the I needed a way to quickly and easily document what we're going to build. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if, if you haven't, if you've never seen this before, basically what it is, it's a structured document that explains or, or um, defines what sort of the base URL is, um, what kind of content types you're going to handle. And then it has a list of all the endpoints <clears throat> that you are going to serve or want to build Mm. and under each endpoint you have the various um http methods and under each http method you can specify um all the parameters for the um for the endpoint and parameters can either be in the in the query string or in the path so if you had let's say i don't know um user slash one that would be a um the ID for users would be in the path, so you can and you can specify it that way. you can specify if it's in the body. so it's it's really flexible and so you can tell it what the type of the parameter is, if it's required or not. And so because of that structure, you can now go ahead and nicely generate code from that. <clears throat> and uh, not only can you specify the parameters, but you can put in the uh, the models. For um, that, the endpoint is dealing with. So you can specify the models that then get um, rendered in the documentation. So it's really, really nice to because I wanted something that I can give the front end person and say, "Hey, this is what we're going to build. We don't have it yet, but this is the spec that we're all going to build to." And it makes mm-hmm. it nice and clean um, and works really well. Awesome. And uh, yeah, so I I then threw up basically the scaffolding for endpoints so they actually exist and they can be I guess um, accessed Mm -hmm. they might have not returned much of anything yet but at least they were there to um, you know sort of as a placeholder and yes Mm -hmm. this works and as things you know come uh, online we basically expose functionality and sort of hook them up so then say okay this is ready ready to go and um, Mm -hmm. so we got three people basically working Mm -hmm. on on endpoints and me trying to coordinate, make sure everything um, works nicely. And I have to say, using Swagger and JSON API is a f- total freaking lifesaver. I don't know how I w- how else I would do that because it takes away all the... Um, bike shedding. All the guesswork. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the bike shedding. Not just the bike shedding, really, but it keeps you... Um, in check or in on a, on a certain path without you having to think much about it because yes. it's all done. You know, it's like, yes, the, I, I, this was really weird because for, for my, for the talks that I do about JSON API, you know, I spend most of the time explaining what the structure of the document looks like. Mm-hmm. But the funny thing is in the end, it's completely irrelevant because all your tooling handles that for you and you don't really ever even have to look at it hmm. because you don't deal with it. You just you specify your schemas and how you know, the data comes out of your models and then JSON API handles the rendering for you. So you don't have to do any of that.
0: Yeah, so the really cool thing is that this kind of standardization gives you uh, or gives the tools the opportunity to just take away more
1: work. Exactly. Yeah. Boring work. Yeah. And and tedious, tedious stuff tedious. because really I mean tedious. what I start yeah, cuz what I started to do before I looked back into Swagger, I just started to write a markup document to say okay, I'm going to write out all the things like I'm just going to write the specification in markup. And I'm like oh, this is nuts. After the second endpoint, I was like no thank, <laughs> no thank you. So so um yeah, then I went back and looked at Swagger and and really you can start writing that within like I think within a uh, thirty minutes or an hour, mm-hmm. it's it's very structured and easy to understand. And also, they have a um, they have an editor that's online. So if you go to swagger.io, or I think it's editor.swagger.io, but I'll we'll put the link in the show notes. Oh. So you can write your spec. It's in a split screen on the left, mm-hmm. and on the right, it gets rendered into HTML documentation immediately. Mm-hmm. So you can see what you're doing you know right away and then export that thing and um, share it basically so very very cool so that's that's what I've been up to and hence I'm, I'm a little bit yeah <laughs> busy <laughs> yeah but that's great i
0: mean you this is this is like the this is like the first time where you get really get to dive into um, using json json api and exactly. implementing it for Applications and that's very exciting. Oh, it must be it very is. exciting for you.
1: I I would say this is probably the most fun I've had in in a very very long time at work.
0: So <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's great. It's uh, yeah, yeah. It's cool. Totally, it just, totally awesome. You brought you, you that basically the time like the times where uh, the talks that you did basically prepared you to uh, very well to to present it within this new company that you're in that's open for the stuff
1: and. Yeah, good to go, and uh, it's that's how you do
0: it. It's great. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah,
1: you yeah, it's 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 a, it's a totally for you. exactly, and it's it's a it's a different kind of experience from like when you don't have this experience. Like earlier on, when I was muddling through it and I was, you know, exploring all these things and making all these mistakes and stuff, and now yeah. you're at like a completely different level and can introduce this and all this. This grunt work and and the figuring out and all this stuff is gone. You just basically get to the, you know, producing stuff, which is really right. really cool. That's right. a good feeling. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I imagine. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Really cool. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yes. Yes.
0: So uh, being team lead, mm. does that mean that you have um, responsibility um, for for other people also, or you just the technical kind of?
1: I think at this point. Um, it's just technical so okay. basically get keep keep projects on track keep yeah. make sure people have stuff to do and solve issues and things like that it's not on um, i guess i don't know there's a might it be fluid the in in comp- case, right cuz it's yeah, I think, growing I think and it it's is, like yeah, yeah it, there were hints of that, but there's nothing, yeah. nothing definite, which is completely fine with me. I have plenty to do right now. So. Yeah, yeah, sure.
0: Um, I mean, it's yeah. a whole other thing, you know. Managing people is definitely like, yeah. I mean, Raquel is always talking about it. It's uh, there's there's a lot to learn with that. It's, it's bad, exactly. Definitely.
1: Yeah, I asked her a bunch of questions on the last few shows about that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, I heard I heard that. So was I was I was wondering,
0: <laughs> how's the uh, the whole standardization, like linting and stuff like that, going? Did you? Yeah, I haven't I haven't
1: touched that yet. But um, that's my my next thing is to like one thing at a time. And um, so uh, <laughs> what what I'm going to try to do is is to suggest. Um, there's this really good blog post about how to write commit messages like how to write a good commit message yeah and there's six or seven points in there and they're Mm -hmm. they're all like common sense stuff and they're very very simple it's a long article and you're like oh my god yeah i want to have to follow all these rules but i think just in one single reading you get a sense of what the point is Mm -hmm. and the purpose of all this and hopefully if i um yeah, I don't know. Maybe do a do a mini talk on it or something, and then get some people on board because that's one thing that I can see now in in our commit messages—they're flying left and right, and they're all over the place.
0: So. Yeah, being disciplined with uh, commit messages is 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 pretty hard. I yeah. uh, we we are using this um, Angular convention, uh, the Angular commit message convention that they're using, which is which is. Um, not the same as... I think the, the article that you're talking about, I I think I read that article too. And it's... Isn't it... Um, Like there's some basic rules, like uh, maximum 50 characters for... Yeah, it's, it's, it tells then, you
1: how long the first line should be, that there's a yeah. space in the second, if there's more, and you should write mm-hmm. it in, in a specific tense. Yes, exactly. Follow, yeah. follow what Git already does. Because yes. if you... um. If you do a merge or something, um, you know, it says merge, branch, master into developer or the other way around or something Mm -hmm. like that. It's not merging or merged. Mm -hmm. It's like it's a command, right? Merge this or complete this, implement this, whatever. So. That makes it makes sense to me. It's weird at first, but once you do it, it's just it's no big deal. Yeah.
0: So, so yeah. Um, the thing is, with the, what helped us a little bit is the this Angular convention thing, where you have for specific features or things that you do, you have a you you have you have to have in the commits that you did for this task, you have to have at least you know like <clears throat> one commit or the last commit that follows a specific format in the first line where it says. either feature colon and then oh yes yes I I mean feature and then brackets and then you Mm -hmm. write you know the the kind of the subject or the part of the application you were working on then you have a colon then you write a little description of what happened and and uh, following this format allows you to do some automation as well so that's actually quite nice so you can you can uh, generate change log a change log automatically and it will only use those commits that have that specific specific format so that you you, you just have to pay attention to those commits and uh. they will then be aggregated to create a changelog. And then mm-hmm. what you also can do is there is this, what is it called again? There is this module called something uh, or other from Bönnemann. That semantic
1: release, I think it's called. Oh, yeah, we talked about that at one point. Yeah.
0: Yes, and this uh, and these Angular conventions, um, he uses them. <clears throat> I think you could also use others, but he, he, the semantic release thing uses those in order to figure out if a release w- will have a breaking change or not, and mm-hmm. then automatically, you know, uh, bump up the right number and you know and stuff like that. So this allows you to do a little uh, automation which is which is nice which really I think which for for us at least was a little bit more relevant than you know this um specifically for us than the format of you know every single commit that every single commit has to be absolutely beautiful and you Mm -hmm. know you know be aggregated because that is just on this is a lot of work this is a lot of work but it really comes down to what is your source of truth and that Mm -hmm. was really an interesting uh, i think uh, github issue comment i think that i read about that where or article i'm not sure anymore but for instance for github for the people that make github and work at GitHub, everything is in GitHub, and everything pertaining a certain issue um, or task is, is in a GitHub issue, and that is the single source of truth, and it really doesn't matter what's in the commit. There could be total garbage in the commits, they don't really care about that, they just care about what's in um in, in the issue and for us it's similar our single, po- uh, single point of truth is is our jira ticket mm-hmm. and plus this one commit per task
1: that has that specific format right ah, okay so those things connect so isn't isn't the the, mm-hmm. the angular uh standard or or the convention, the, rules, yeah. the convention that they use they have for different types of things they have different Words to describe, yeah. or actually abbreviations. So there's like refactor, implement, new, or something like that. I well, think there's, I there's, think there's like, a uh, list of them. Yeah,
0: there's uh there's feature, there's uh, yeah. then there's fix, and then right. there is I think two or three others that I don't remember because so far I've only used feature and fix. I think.
1: Right. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I, I remember that. That seemed like a, a nice way to, like you were saying, to then be able to go back and filter on certain things and find things faster yeah. potentially yeah
0: i I just found this insight really great like f- f- when you look at the git code base right and the it, it's very clear that their single point of truth um is are the git commits, so those mm-hmm. git commits have to be one thousand percent you know like well written uh you have to like you have to squash commits so that one you you post like one commit per feature so it makes sense and all this kind of stuff so they take a lot of care about you know in their commits cuz that's the single point of uh single source of truth when it comes to tickets and features that they're building so all the information is really there if that is the case for you then that would also make sense for you to do that to put all this energy in the commits but if you have a ticket system and you say like this is like everything has to be documented in, in the ticket like everything else does not really matter then you maybe don't need that you know um you don't need to care so
1: much about the, the discipline yeah yeah you don't so need how discipline, do you how do you guys info. do it so you have jira is your is your source of truth for is basically your ticketing system and then yeah. what you just how does that work we're we're in the process of starting to to get jira online as well for what we're doing <clears throat> yeah, uh, so that's totally new to me Okay,
0: so so first of all, um, so tickets get created. So when a ticket gets created, you need to have a really good description about what needs to be done. If somebody takes this task, takes this task on, and reads the description and does not understand what's going on. The ticket needs to go back. It needs to go back to whoever created this ticket, and this person needs to fill out the description mm-hmm. okay. so that it makes sense and it gives all the information that the programmer needs to start working or to to, to complete the task. Yeah. And everybody who touches the ticket needs to write in a comment underneath uh, the comment in in the ticket what what they did. Right, so because Mm -hmm. then it has their name, it has what they did. So if so, the normal journey of a ticket like that is like the ticket gets created, it has a description. A programmer takes the ticket, uh, does work on it, and uh, does work on it and commits that to GitLab in our case. And then um, when when they're done, they write a a comment in the ticket and say, "I did." these things that maybe a little list or a little description
1: about what they did and um uh and then it so goes is the git <laughs> is the git commit tied to that ticket in any way yeah it is it is okay.
0: it is tied because the the git branch that gets created for that ticket starts with the ticket number okay and that's how they are connected so that's also always the case so there, you need a little discipline there, so that you always have the ticket number in the branch name in the beginning, and then they get uh, they get linked up, and then uh, the ticket goes into review. Then the reviewer, if everything is okay, there's a uh, there's a uh, short template where the re- reviewer can. No, I think now we even have a template for the programmer that that worked on the ticket, that also um, and. Yeah, so there's a little t- template, and they can just fill out the template. Um, and there's things like, what did I do? What needs to be tested? You know, does it really need? Does it need to be checked out, or is it just? Do you just have to run the test, or do you also have to do like uh, an accept an acceptance test, or like there could be anything it depends on what work was done and what needed to be done and stuff. Like there's a, so that the reviewer knows exactly what they need to do. They don't need to guess, or they need to, don't need to analyze the code in order to figure out
1: what they need to do in order to test. Um, everything completely, you know, everything <clears throat> okay. that is new. And then it. So basically, in the ticket system, though, you can figure out what commit is associated with this. What about if you're in the code, you basically see that the, a certain branch was merged in, and that branch name is what will lead you to the ticket. So if you want the information on why this stuff was changed or, or what the reason behind it is, then you can, you can still find it by simply being in Git. Is that correct?
0: Yes, so, yeah. the, so it's the both ways. Yeah. yeah, so the branch name. Um, I mean, the branch gets deleted. So how do we f- uh, get? I think. Uh, I don't. I think when everything is merged into master, do we have a? Do we have a way? I think. Well, there is always the uh, the commit. There's always the merge commit, and the merge commit right. says, branch so and so merged into master. Mm-hmm. So you can always find it kind of like that. Yeah. You can always go back yeah. like that. Although we never really had we never really had to do that yet. So don't really have okay. a no
1: problem. No, I just remember from from longer running projects, it's always so six months down the line you find something, you figure out where it was changed, and mm-hmm. it'd be nice to be able to go back <clears throat> to see the the reason behind it if it's not documented in the code. Yeah, it's uh, definitely it's definitely I mean, good to have some sort of a link between yeah. the two. Yeah. it's because because the uh, discipline in documenting and either putting in very good commit messages where you explain not necessarily what you did because that's apparent from the code, but why you did it and what decisions drove that. Yeah, uh, is is kind of always a pain in the butt to do when you're in it because it takes time, but. I can just say from experience that has saved my ass so many times in the, in the past, Mm. because Mm. there's people, I mean, there's coworkers of mine. They can remember stuff that, you know, decisions we made two years ago about certain details that I, I just can't after three Mm. months, things are gone. And if I don't have it written down, then I'm, you know, I'm in trouble. So it's to me, that's really, really important. That's why I asked how the things are linked together, because I want to be able to, to, you know, find that. Because that's it. Just happens frequently. Yeah. 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 Something was changed. We see what was changed, but why the heck did that happen? Because it caused this and this problem. Mm. You know, for example. So. Yeah. Okay. Cool.
0: Yeah. I mean, what really uh, works for us is is to do like really thorough reviews. I don't know if you mm. do that, but you know, when when uh, when a branch. When when a feature is done and uh, then we create a merge request. It's the same as a pull request in <coughs> on GitHub. And mm-hmm. and then that gets reviewed thoroughly, depending on how big the changes are. Sometimes you do a pair review, sometimes just you know, you you have one person review it, they might have any some questions, you talk to them, answer the questions. And sometimes of course it comes back and then you fix things and, and we're quite good at just being you know, candid with each other and like yeah. asking and like nobody feels bad because Attacked there's a anything, yeah. there's a bug or something like that. You mm-hmm. know, like this. I mean, there's always bugs, so yeah, yeah. You, yeah. Just, get, you just get blind.
1: Right. Yeah, so, yeah. We'll do reviews sometime in the future. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. uh, that that, <laughs> that is really, stupid. really helpful.
1: Hmm? Yeah, I can, I can imagine for sure.
0: It's yeah. super important. Otherwise. I it's a think, good
1: learning experience, too. and
0: I mean, it's just yeah. good for code quality. Otherwise, man, and our review checklist is also quite long. So there's, it's not just like, yeah, it depends kind of like what changes have been done or what was worked on. But then there is also, you know, the description is also checked again. Did, did the programmer mm-hmm. write into the <clears throat> comment what he did and all this kind of stuff. And then the reviewer again, the re- reviewer, writes, even if everything's fine, the reviewer mm-hmm. has to write a comment, has to say, it looks good to me, merged, or something like yeah. that, right? And then, because then you can always, if you find the ticket, you know who was working on it, you know who worked on it, and you know who reviewed it. And even right. if it goes, you know, everybody who touches the ticket has to kind of, has to write something in there um, mm-hmm. so that you can talk to the people. if
1: uh, Yeah.
0: Yeah. If,
1: after. Yes, interesting times ahead. Uh, lots and lots of things to learn. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I, I, th- I thought it was really. Uh, I
0: mean, Raquel's advice uh, on the latest episode about how to speak to people if you want to, mm-hmm. in- if you want to introduce uh, style guides and stuff like that, was absolutely excellent. I thought it was yep. really, really great. Um, I kind of feel like if you're the if you're the tech lead, then when it comes to like things like we have to write code in a specific way or we have to write css in a specific way so that just everybody for me like the like the reason like the one reason that makes this like a no-brainer is that that you're a team and you have to read each other's code all the time and people have to You know, somebody has to work on some other guy's task at some point and like you need to be able to read your code as quickly and efficiently as possible. It's already hard to read other people's code, but if now they have a different format that like way of formatting the code that you're not used to, Mm -hmm. that's crazy. I mean, it's yeah. it's just a time sink. It's, it's just a waste absolute, of yeah. it's an absolute yeah. waste of time. It's such a huge waste of time. And, and 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 I when when you were first asking the the questions to Raquel, I was like heading you just have to tell them like just do it <laughs> <laughs> fucking do it like there's no <laughs> this is a no brainer this is crazy no style guide i was,
1: I was <clears throat> flipping well, it, out yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm sure that'll go over really well no, i mean it, it is it is very interesting you know different people have completely different like uh, opinions not opinions but um well opinions too but their, their level of importance to that, like some people are just not bothered by that, you know, they yeah. don't care if it's a little different. They, that's, that's not something that is a big hurdle to them. So yeah. then this kind of issue is not important, right? Yep. And then others where I'm like, I, I can't stand it if, you know, this is a certain way. And it, it you know, if we just all follow this and push the auto format button, yeah, great. Then it all looks the same, much mm. easier, but it's like, you know, people, like like Raquel said,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. no. Her just,
1: advice was absolutely
0: yeah. brilliant. I thought it was really brilliant yeah. uh, how, how you, like just talking to everybody and making them part of the decision and everything, because I think ultimately there is there is no way, no other way. Like you have to have style guides because there the the arguments for it are just too, too, too. Uh, bi- how do you say big or too yeah. strong? Like this is like it's just a time thing, and it's just a team thing. Like you can't, and it's. I think it's really te- it's actually terrible that all those languages can be formatted in all those different ways. I, I yeah. think I think it's I think it's really cool that that Go just does not. Fly. There is
1: only one way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: If you, if you just format it wrong, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that because it is another thing, like it's, it falls in the same category as JSON, JSON API,
1: really. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: Because yeah. it takes away decisions, it takes up, takes away, you know, uh, it makes everybody suddenly can read everybody's code. Like it, it that's how it's supposed to be, you know. Because mostly, yeah. you know, you work in teams and you have to, you have to kind of. It's about speaking the same language and not having. And re, and it's about removing cognitive load. Exactly. Yeah. Right. It, that's that's yep. what it's about, and it's. It doesn't matter. Like at home, if you write your own project or you have a you startup on the side and you have your own team, you can do whatever you want. But in at work, like you have to it doesn't matter what style it is. It really does not matter if there is a space here or there, but everybody has to have that space in that place. That's the only thing that matters. It's just the consistency and then after even after a few weeks everybody gets used to it and it doesn't matter anymore. And for us exactly. it's like it's, it's it's everywhere. We have we have it in our editors. We have the es, you know, tslint, eslint, whatever. We have that in our editors and at the same time we also have it in our build tasks. So you can't even push anything or at least not merge anything into master
1: if the linter fails. Like, yeah. Just not possible. No go. <laughs> no. Yeah, someday we will get there. I will I will someday. come back to you guys for advice. <laughs> uh you just gotta yeah. you just gotta you
0: just have to write this little git commit hook in the end so that it gets thrown yeah. thrown back in their faces. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, 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 I feel very strongly about this. But I but we <laughs> also I mean I had the I had the. Um, I was f- so fortunate to come into a team that I was already thinking like that. Mm-hmm. So everybody was had the same mindset. Like it, I didn't have to. I didn't have to come in and, and like do the hard sell about style guides. That was pretty cool yeah. that every understood, yeah. everybody understood. I mean, especially in JavaScript, is, so, because JavaScript styles are so different. It's, I think it's even crazier than any other language.
1: Like how yeah. people
0: write JavaScript and stuff.
1: Absolutely, I mean, there's yeah, there's there's stark differences. Speaking of JavaScript, so I was I had reported that I was writing quite a bit of JavaScript and I asked for some like help and stuff or advice and mm-hmm. in, mm-hmm. in in Slack about you know. Um, what was it? I think it was it was like a watcher or something like that. And then you had said that you know that's all that's all that's all built into Babel already. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so anyway, I, I actually got that that mini project uh, delivered and uh, it worked great. So this was the um, the JavaScript that pulled um, content from this this CMS called Contentful, mm, and yeah. it did this uh, in, in basically the front end pulled in whatever. Uh, content that was necessary and it did this because or the, the whole point of it is i guess is that you can you can have your um your cms decoupled and you can basically have this um, content of yours on a cdn all your images and even you know based on locale um etc mm-hmm. all these things mm-hmm. um, and uh very very nice and fancy and um by the way that company is out of berlin
0: Really? So, uh,
1: yeah, yeah. They're uh, they're a startup in Berlin. Startup. And nice. um, so what what happened to us? Is, like, this is a really weird thing. Like we have a call center, mm-hmm. and our call center people they use the website, our own website, to once they're on the phone with people to you know look at stuff at the same time and, and look up, yeah. uh, you know, I don't know SKUs and and stuff like that. So what what we noticed was that we were burning through our um, api allowance um, to a pretty large part with our own people Uh, (laughs) so i mean it was it was you know getting to a point where we would have gone to a uh, a tier that was um quite expensive well at least for what we're doing you know and um so what we unfortunately ended up doing or not unfortunately but Um, which cut my javascript uh, experience short was i basically had to port the thing to php and what we decided to do was actually um cache everything so we would we would Uh, um mm -hmm. basically warm up the cache in the back end
0: yeah
1: pull all the content in and cache it in our own system instead of pulling it from the cdn so now we don't have the advantage of you know faster page load times with the content Mm -hmm. coming in afterwards but um it, for for the time being, at least, that's sort of the solution we're going with. So I'm off off JavaScript again. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see when I get back into that. But oh, uh, cool. I, I I hear our, there's sort of a Node might be some real time stuff might be in my future. So we'll see. Oh, cool. Yeah. Fair yep.
0: <clears throat>
1: yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that's what's happening in Henningland.
0: Land. Yeah, so I, I started work on Monday and the first two and a half days, what I was kind of wrestling with was that I I had the used version of macOS installed, of course, because uh-huh, I was yeah. not at work. So I was like, hey, <laughs> I'm going to install this. This is great. New version. Let's do it. And uh, so I did that and it works completely fine. Like everything's great. But then I... I um, started work I was che- I checked out the pro- the project and I was doing a gulp serve which you know builds the whole thing and serves uh, serves the website our application with like mocks and everything so you can work with it directly on your computer you don't need uh, you don't need the back end and everything so but it always would stop so it would build everything and then it would always stop after a certain task mm. And so what we're using, okay. we are using we are using this uh, this module called Run Sequence, which is basically a hack for gulp uh, for gulp version three tasks. It it just allows you to run tasks in sequence because gulp tasks by default run in parallel. Or um, yeah, and uh, uh, there's a different word not parallel. What's it called again? I forgot. Anyway, uh, you can you can just organize. You can say, P- please run these three tasks at the same time, then two tasks in sequence, and then another three or four at the same time or whatever. Right? You can so you can have these blocks, and you can make sure that, um, for instance, like you wanna. Um, so you want to build your CSS, you want to build your HTML uh, templates, in, or you want to compile them into JavaScript, you want to build your JavaScript, uh, you want to compile your, t- your TypeScript and all this stuff. You can do all these things at the same time because they don't depend on each other, right? But then you might have a task that depends on those things being ready, so then you want them sequentially. Mm-hmm. So so this run sequence thing, it, did, it stopped at some point. So there were a bunch of tasks that worked, and um, there were, you know, groups of tasks that were running, then there was a sequence uh, thing, and then another one, and then it stopped. And it took me forever to find, because it, that was just for me. Like, everybody else, it was fine, right? Like, everybody else was <laughs> not on Mac, was not on Sierra. I was the only one on Sierra. So for everybody, it was fine. For me, it stopped. And it was just like a nightmare to get to find out what, what the hell is going on and so and it, it turns out that um, I tracked it down to to a problem in the build js task where we use webpack to build our typescript and create you know and de- build it depending on you know um, do we need minified is it for production is it for development uh, create the the uh, the source maps and everything, so it just takes care of all that stuff depending on whatever environment uh, variable is set, and it also it also it also creates a, creates a watch task and watches your JavaScript if you need that, you know, and all that stuff. So. Um, So it was somewhere in there. So I was doing like all this research about Sierra and Webpack not working. And there were like some plugins that didn't work with the TypeScript compiler. And I was like, oh my God, this is it. But it wasn't (laughs) that. (laughs) 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 And then there was like, somebody was like, and then I was looking for like Gulp with Sierra not working. And then the run sequence thing, that sort of was one issue with somebody was talking about Sierra with some sequence, uh, some sequence task. Or it was even the run sequence, a uh, package that we we're also using, but it was not that either. And it's just like you had to go through all these shit, and it, and there was just no error. There, no, you know nothing like no er- error message or nothing. And then uh, so what, what? It turned out that our build js task it did not. So it looked to me, it looked to me like it did not complete correctly because in Gulp you have to return a Callback in order to, or you have to call a callback in order to tell gulp, okay, this task is ready now because everything is asynchronous, mm-hmm. and so it looked like this. It was not called for for when you just want to build JavaScript. You don't want any. You don't want, want watching. You don't want anything else. You just want to build the JavaScript. Nothing else. There was no callback call. So I put in the callback call, and suddenly it worked. And was like, I found it great. <laughs> and then my colleague was, no, no, no. No no no, this belongs there there is a callback call actually in a different file that is getting called because there's because we're using plugins and there was one plugin that creates that goes through all the licenses and compiles them and checks if you know all the licenses of all the uh, packages that we're using are actually licenses that we can use or if a license changes then you get a notification or something like that so there so it was actually in in this in this uh, get license um plugin actually in the get license plugin there was a callback but that callback did not get called <laughs> <laughs> so so we had to so so basically what happened was that this license thing that was going through all the modules where they have to get the licenses this plugin went through all the modules um and then i could I, basically what i found out with logging it out was that it it had a bunch of paths to all those different uh, modules that we were using to check the license but some of them did not have a package json directly in that fu- in that path and that's when this this plugin failed. Oh wow! Yeah, but Yikes. but just for
1: me, yeah, <laughs> not it's but, just just for macOS Sierra, which is so weird. And it, so the real reason is then okay, that is what's causing it. But why is it just Mac, o, Mac OS Sierra? I don't know. I think
0: th- that is still really a mystery to me because something's wrong. Something just maybe something changed in the file system so that for some reason because what happened is that we used an older version of of this package that we were using to extract the 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 license of a package right mm-hmm. this older version of this this module that was extracting the package license was just was just requiring the package json in order to was just like require package json in a promise, it was wrapped in a promise, and so if it can't read it, it throws an error, and if if it re- reads it, it's fine and stuff like that. So it does not check if a package JSON is there and then reads it. It just tries to read it and throws if there is an error. And for some mm. reason, yeah, and for some reason, it this whole thing still worked with the older version of macOS, but with mine, it just interrupted it and it was. And it never called the callback, and I don't know. It just exited. I don't know. It was really so. It's still kind of, it's still kind of uh, an unknown to me why exactly it didn't work. But uh, fortunately, the newest version actually did a check for the package JSON, and so I we just upgraded the we just updated the the version of that package, and now everything's fine again.
1: <clears throat> hmm. Well, so this is really really. Interesting to me that you guys, well, obviously you're like a more established team and everything, but that you actually have a check for, for versions in there. That's, that's pretty cool. So what you can configure this to say, we are okay with these, this list of licenses. Yeah. And if, if anything is in my dependency tree that is not this, then tell me. Is that, that how it works? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, okay. I didn't really
0: look very closely at the what, what that thing does, but I think I saw the ticket, and it, that's what the requirement was. Yeah, that it basically we have a list of licenses that are cool with us,
1: mm-hmm, and
0: mm-hmm. and if there's uh, if a license changes, then you want to be notified. There's actually there's actually there was a JS, the last KASHUJS that I that I um, organized months and months ago <laughs> uh, there was a talk they presented a tool that does exactly that in a very so- sophisticated way so y- it gives you all kinds of notifications there was basically focused on this license issue and it's like a it's it's a it's a web service that you can use for free if you're doing open source but you can also self-host it i think um and it does exactly that on, I think on merge requests or on push to, like, if you push something to the, to the Git server or something like that, it does the license checks of all your dependencies and it can even check the licenses of the dependencies of the, de- of the dependencies. So go all the way down the dependency tree. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And, um, and you can configure it to exactly what you know, kind of licenses you allow and everything. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's a service out there that actually you can use to to do that. But uh, we don't have that many modules, and I think it was it was not like uh, it was not a huge deal for us to implement it ourselves. And there's of course a few packages that you can use to help you with that. And so um, yeah, we have a, we have our check implemented in there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow, interesting, yeah, because, um, yeah, that's not even on my horizon, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's super interesting. I mean,
0: you are really like you're in this kind of like startupy kind of world ground right floor, now, right? yeah, like, to- totally, totally like super fast totally. growing because your company seems like it's really well set, right? there's there's uh, lots of revenue coming in the the business works business model works everything's and it's and it's actually working really well and it's successful and and it's growing and like you putting a lot of energy into making the the service on the web better
1: right exactly yep yeah yeah so yeah that's that's the nice part is it's not like um you know there has to be worries about funding and things like that. That part works already. Mm-hmm. Um, now That's it's more more great. like Luxury. keeping up with, with the demands of the business. So yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. Awesome. So uh, yeah, it's um it's uh you know, it has its um issues because it's it's like you said, it's startup y because um you know things are not in place yet, but it's also kinda cool because you get to influence that. Yes. Uh, and, great. um, you know, that, that has been extremely fun so far. So, yeah. Very cool. <clears throat> yeah. Uh,
0: so, okay. I mean, we're almost, we're almost, uh, at our time. I think we have five minutes left. Yeah. So I would like to, I would like to point out some interesting things that I saw okay. in the recent weeks. Mm-hmm. So for instance, <clears throat> uh, uh react fiber is a thing have you ever have you heard of react
1: fiber no okay. i'm not sure if i'm first thing that comes to mind is the breakfast cereal or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah what kind of breakfast cereal could ha- that be like i uh, have no idea <laughs> some bran flakes or something i have no clue that you react to like or i don't know that, that's yeah. just what popped in my head <laughs> fiber you know fiber yeah yeah, yeah i got that um
0: <laughs> um so react fiber is is a complete rewrite of react wow what (laughs) yeah well it is something that the react team or some uh, members of the react team have been working on for over two years um i think because i watched there's a talk and i'm going to link up the talk the youtube uh link for that talk Mm -hmm by um somebody who's now also a react team member and um he he's somebody uh, I forgot his name but he's somebody who looks who looks at the react at the react fiber um rewrite from outside cuz they're doing it open source so he was trying to understand it he was following it and he wrote a document um, an unofficial document about it um, online to try to t- for himself to try to figure it out what what is what what are they doing and why, and how are they doing it, and he also gave a talk about it and he's now also on Facebook he is also partly responsible for Redux together with Dan uh, Abramov, um, mm-hmm. so, so so that's the information from that guy but then there's also the uh, Sebastian. Mark Page, I think, is his name, um, and he wrote uh, in a huge GitHub issue. He also wrote some stuff about the philosophy, what's going on there, and stuff like that. So, just to break it down quickly, it's not it's not available yet. It's it's in the works, and it might not be available ever. It's huh. Still, it's still it's still a, it's basically an experiment, but. Um, if it's available at some point, it's going to be available maybe next year, end of next year, or something like that. And what they're doing is they're doing a lot of experiments in order to improve, to drastically improve um, React's performance. And so what they're doing is... So the guy who gave the talk, he showed an a React app that was just... Um, there was just like like a bunch of components maybe 50 components and and he was using react fiber for that app and it was 50 components that were all kind of nested within each other and all of these components were doing a lot of number crunching like really hard like computing right like just as it was i mean not hard it was just a loop but each of these components were doing a lot of work that's the baseline right mm-hmm um, so that it is really um, like intensive for the browser to calculate, because um, currently, when you pass down uh, properties to all these components and they have to all re-render, then then it's quite inefficient, so to speak. So they figured out a way how to to um, pause work. And schedule work, so they're implementing a scheduler, so that that they can basically tell those components or React or those components themselves know um, they can prioritize things that are more important, and then and then pause other work that is not as important. For instance, when you want to do so, so one of the one of the things that they want to improve is that. Uh, they want to have really, really smooth animations, right? And there was actually a really interesting thing that he said. He said, actually, animations, you think in your head, animations are not that important because the animation itself doesn't contain, you know, the important data or anything like that. It doesn't visualize necessarily anything. It just, it visualizes, you know, movement, visualizes movement, um, and that is important for user experience, but, but as a developer, you might think, okay, the data, the, the numbers that I'm showing or whatever are more important, so I need to show this first. But actually, for the user experience, the animations are, um, high, have a higher priority because they have to be super smooth for a good user experience. And it's also fine if the data is like milliseconds later or a few you know it's, it, right. it takes a little longer for that to show but the animation is super smooth it's nicer so what they do is that they that they prioritize the animation work and when the animation goes then uh they can pause you know like heavy computation and when and they kind of figure out the um the frame rate and everything and they make sure that it animates right at 60 frames per second and pause or mm-hmm. Uh, stop work, you know, in order to do that and then continue with it after, you know, they did the animation.
1: Like, it's all quite, like, super... It's, it's, it's a really, it sounds it's, like a C- CPUs kind of work. You know, yeah. Like the I mean, stuff like that. It's like... It's really hmm. low level, you know? Yeah. It's, it's really low level. And it's basically, I think
0: somebody said, well, you're basically implementing threads and yeah. and this is the whole thing about what's what Seb Markbage wrote in this GitHub issue. I think he's responding to that criticism or to that point, to that argument, that we actually just implemented threads in JavaScript. And he's making a lot of arguments for what you know, that it's not just that, but it's also good for or why it's also very good to have that or why it's useful. And um so it's an it's a very like heady, like very low level JavaScript, very conceptual um super interesting experiment in order to get uh in order to just get javascript running in the browser smoothly everywhere for all kinds of devices and um uh yeah so you know like one of the arguments that he said was like why do we have we have a supercomputer in our hand every day (laughs) you know yeah but, but for some web pages, you can't even scroll smoothly. Yeah. And he, ha- he has a point, right? Because when you implement the scrolling in JavaScript and you have a lot of animations going and stuff like that, it's very easy to, to overwhelm the browser, and then it's, you know it's very uh, janky and everything. And it, mm-hmm. it takes a lot of work out of the developer. Um, and very careful constructing and analyzing of the JavaScript performance, especially if you have a lot going on in your application, to make this feel native and really, really smooth. Right. So, so. So this
1: is also going to basically um, fix this or or improve this across across um, browsers. Then I guess so. It takes away. Yeah. I think this is the idea. Work. I mean, yeah, I yeah. don't know
0: how cross browser it is already, but but uh, it's just about it's a it's basically about taking it away, taking the work away from the developer so just have a mm-hmm. default application that you were you just concentrate on writing the application and doing your computing and all that stuff. And React takes not only care does not only take care of of updating your DOM at the right moment. It also takes care of prioritizing the work and scheduling it so that the time, so that the, so that the work that needs to be done, the calculations that needs to be done, are done at the right moment in time. Because you also have, you also have uh, callbacks like this callback where you can find out when there is idle time and when the idle time is finished and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. So that's amazing. I mean, that's um, that's yeah, like you said, very low level and very, um, yeah, super advanced. I mean, yeah, you know, kind of stuff that wow. Yeah, that's, I mean,
0: super interesting, and I'm I'm sure like I mean, it was very impressive when he put the two things next to each other. Basically, so he said, mm-hmm. "This is React Fiber," and have like this 100 components or how much they were, and they're they're re-rendering smoothly and they're doing a lot of work every single component doing a lot of work, changing color, animating, going, you know, animating smaller, bigger, like it was constantly working and it was very, very smooth. And then he showed like react today with the same app, with the same components and everything. And it didn't even get over. Like it, it, it was like visualized in a triangle and there were like <laughs> all these little triangles within this triangle. Yeah. And, and for react fiber, like all of them were touched, but for this, for the normal one, it was like, it, the first five or so were touched, wow. and then it just stopped. And it yeah. it actually completely stopped at some point, where it did not even try to re-render the first top three ones or whatever. Like it was just like it just gave up basically, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> because it's it's just it's just dumber basically. The yeah, one, you know. So that's nice. fascinating. It's fascinating, and uh, I mean, I really hope that this experiment um, is going to work, and it then again flows into all the other frameworks.
1: Exactly I was just gonna say I'm very, very curious to see how this sort of precipitates or moves into the other or influences the other frameworks because everything yeah. seems to have done that in the past. So. Exactly. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, very so that
0: was nice. that, that was a little tidbit. I, I still have other stuff, but we'll talk about it next time. I have to Okay. I have Not to, to get
1: going. I have to take have. Uh, yeah Yeah, I'm not the only one anymore yay (laughs) because I have to go get my daughters now (laughs) there you go
0: <laughs> okay, so let's do uh, let's do the goodbyes. And uh, uh, do we have? A, I think we have a few new members. We do. I chat. know one
1: off the top of my head. Um, the others, unfortunately, not. And that's just because he's a coworker of mine. So oh, nice. shout out to, uh, to Kyle. Yeah, um, shout welcome. out. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> that's K minor, I believe, on, oh, on the Slack K minor. So Slack. that's okay. that's fun.
0: Oh, and Schalke, ch- uh, T Schalke. Okay. Uh, it's also Yeah. Welcome. Shout out. Uh, yeah. I think that is the only ones that I saw. Um, right. Definitely some, uh, still some uh, cool little dis- discussions going on. Um, I now also don't have a lot of time to hang out. In the chat. <laughs> uh, hopefully. Um, yeah.
1: I promise to get back into it. I have actually put it on in work uh, at work Um so I am following what's going on. Uh, not super involved yet, but I, I do want to do that because it is fun. So yeah, cool. yeah, and appreciate the people that come on there and yeah, chat about all kinds of interesting things. And I mean, you know, last week's topic came off of that, so that's that was awesome. Yes, exactly, really awesome. Okay, okay. Um, well, I'm uh, H Gladegots on Twitter, and uh, yes, thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you next week.
0: And you can find the show notes on reactive.audio and you can talk to us on Twitter at ReactivePod. And I'm Khalil <laughs> Tweets on Twitter. And Raquel is Rockbot on Twitter and everyone exactly. else. Exactly. Mostly other people. Awesome. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right, that was it. Good deal. Bye. Bye.